Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. How do professional golfers endure the mental health struggles and failures that come with the game of golf? We speak more about this with professional golfer Andrew Jensen in this episode of AE Sports Talk. I want to welcome you back into Iggy's Sports Talk, and thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Jake Azuski, or Iggy for short, and this is your first time listening on this podcast. In each and every single episode, my goal is to inspire you through different stories of athletes, influencers, musicians, business professionals, on how they've overcome their mental health struggles or overcome adversity throughout their life and what they've learned on the other side of those experiences. But in this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with professional golfer and suicide survivor, Andrew Jensen. And him and I speak more about how he's overcome not only his mental health struggles, but his suicidal thoughts, not only his personal life, but throughout his professional life as a golfer, the lessons he learned through those experiences and much, much more. Now let's get into my conversation with Andrew Jensen. Professional golfer, YouTube content creator, public speaker, and mental health advocate, Andrew Jensen. So how are we doing today, Andrew? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. It's actually a Bell Let's Talk Day back home. So it's a it's a good day to, to talk about everything. Health or doing good today. That's good to hear, man. And um, you know, how's your how's your 2022 been going so far? I, I saw that you recently had a, had a newborn son. So how how's that? acclimation been, been going so far uh, so he's five months been it's i'll pull no punches it's the hardest thing i've ever i think a lot of people want to want to romanticize babying and parenting and all that it's 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 really difficult but it's like the flip side it's like the best thing ever so it's been it's been something else like i'm kind of on full-time stay-at-home dad duty for the first two months of the year so by that accounts I mean, it's, it's 2022 is uh, the best year ever. Cause I, I always kind of remind myself, like if I was still playing full time, I wouldn't have this opportunity. So the, the ups and downs of my career leading me to being a YouTuber now and it being a slow time of year for YouTube, I'm able to spend a lot of time with my, with my son and like, man, I will never take that for granted. Yeah. I, I mean, especially like the, you say it's five months. So the, those early stages, you know, first words when he, when he starts walking, you, you know, those, yeah. those types of early stages are so important. Yeah. It's yeah. We're not quite there yet. We're, we're babbling a lot, but it's just like, this is when his personality starts to show. But again, I think of some of my, my peers, you know, a great example, even when I was filming in December uh, with echo and Eric, he has a, a daughter who's a month older than my son. And he was, he was on the road for the first 12 weeks of his, his daughter's life. And it's like, man, I remember friends going through that when I was playing full time. And like, I can't imagine, I couldn't imagine that anymore. There's no way my life's changed so much. And I just, I wouldn't want it any other, any other way, really. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine obviously the difference between getting a, getting a, a video or picture uh, from your wife, like just in, instead of actually being there to, to enjoy it but um outside of golf yeah. like we're, we're recording this at the, at the end of january like what has been one of your favorite moments outside of golf so far in, in 2022 i don't know oh man not much i mean just yeah there, there's not been many highlights it's only it's only the 26th of january uh best moment of the year 
Oh man, I, I don't know. I can't even pinpoint. They've all been great. Just, I'm, I'm sure I've just shared a lot of cool laughs with with my son and with my wife. That you you don't really. It's the great thing. Like you don't reach for the phone to do it. You're just kind of in it. Um, so I'd say that. Like yeah, just all these little cool moments I'm having being a dad. Yeah, I, I bet those those must be really fun. And uh, you know, the 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 memories of the early days are, are something that you'll, you'll never forget. And um, yeah, especially exactly. like especially like yourself um as, as a professional golfer you know we can start diving into the game of golf because I, I think it's i think it's so fascinating how like golf is sort of like a metaphor for life and um i i read a i read a quote from nick saban that i thought was really cool he said uh you can get up and down and still make a bogey uh but th- that's how life is sometimes you can't you don't control it you don't control the negative things that happen in your life but you still have to overcome them yeah I mean, shoot, yeah, like the, if you think about golf and, and, and any of the best athletes, when you perform your best, you, you fall back on just your work. You think of the process, you, you can't control the result. And as a metaphor, that's exactly what I mean. we're experiencing with a newborn, with a baby. You can't control so much. You can only do, you know, what you think is best. You can only plan and, and do so many things. And they might not sleep well they might be fussy like it's, it's exactly that like that's exactly what we're experiencing and we're having to just like truck process because we have to trust that the things we're doing will allow him to grow and develop healthily but we may lose a lot of sleep over it even though we did everything right you still might not get the good result and i, I mean i experienced that immensely in youtube now because you put a lot of effort and you work very hard in your videos and most of the time they don't get received the way you anticipate them receiving being received so it's just like yeah it's the exact same thing you just it's you gotta just focus on what you can control as cliche as it really in every like that's life if you focus on what you can't control you will struggle well especially with like youtube as as well as golf i I mean um I, i read that um, you you would sort of attach your worth to your golf scores and you know as content creators we can do the same thing with views you, you attach your yeah. mood you attach you know your value or your worth um to to those numbers and and it's tough to not be able mm-hmm. to do that oh big time because it's just i mean it's just the nature of the beast unfortunately it's just the nature of uh, the world that we're up in that we live in like exterior results are just um and it's really really easy to associate value to them and then it's like your own value and i remember my first year on tour um a guy a few years older than me gave me a piece of advice and it was like because a lot of times as, as a player and even as a content creator you derive confidence from good performance and you, you fall into the trap of thinking, if I do well, I then feel confident. Mm. But you have to feel confident. Like self-confidence comes first. Then performance comes and the result. But if you're wait, waiting for result to create performance confidence to create self-confidence, it's, it's just it's a house of cards. But that's kind of everything, right? Just going in and, and having confidence in yourself your work your efforts your relationships your personality like all that stuff like just having confidence in it 
confident in like what you're doing and you still have no guarantee of how it does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, you know, you get that sort of like dopamine kick, you know, whether, whether, whether you do well on a YouTube video or whether you do good, good on the, on the golf course, um, you know, you, like you said, you, you get that boost of confidence, but if you attach so much, uh, you know, the results to how you feel, how you value yourself, how you, how you value your worth, um, that can get pretty dangerous. And, and especially if you get into a pattern of, you know, things not going right, um, it, it can start to make you think these, you know, dark thoughts or, or um, especially those self doubts and making up stories in your mind can, can be so tough uh, to, you know, eliminate. Yeah, because again, you just as quickly as you can rise, you know, the peak of feeling good about yourself because you're doing good, you you can go down the other side just as fast. But then it's 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 a lot harder. You know, the, the, the peak, the mountaintop is a short time for anyone, for any or for any team, athlete, whatever it is, but even just in the corporate world, whatever being on top is, is very small. It doesn't, you don't stay there for a long time yet being in a valley uh, where I can make a valley way deeper than it should be because of just where my, my head goes and what I've come to learn about is, is an illness I have. And yeah, so it's just like, a, it's, it's just constant uh, battle effort strategy to kind of keep those valleys level and know they won't stay forever, but when you're in them, it's very easy to think you will never get out of them. Right. Exactly. And especially, you know, being able to be confident that things are going to change and, you know, being, being confident that you're not always going to stay in this. And the, the biggest thing that I've learned, you know, going through, you know, mental illness struggles is being able to change your perspective and, and being able to, you know, not allow your mind to overthink or, um, you know, position these things in, in your mind to where like you start to have that self-doubt, you start, you start to make up stories in your mind. And, and especially with, within golf, like within failures that you had in golf. Cause I mean, with, with that game, it's with so many holes. I, I mean, you can, you can fail so many times uh, throughout just, yeah. just one, just one, um, one game. And so how have you been able to change your perspective um, and not allow that self-doubt to creep in um, over the over. Well, I think it's also like, it's kind of, it's like failing is how I think I approach it because I'm not associating the result of X shot as success or failure. Yes. You're going to like, you can only, you literally cannot control what the golf ball does after it leaves the club face. So it's like, you focus on what you can control before you hit the shot. But then even times you, your mind goes, you think it's a poor thought, you don't execute, but you can, you know, be like, Hey, that was on me. But then sometimes you just get a bad break and there's nothing about it. So it's, it's more the, the end result of that's where you can feel like you're failing because you're working so hard and you're getting nothing out of it. Because I think any professional golfer knows that, I mean, over the course of 18 holes, so many things can happen and you can be doing so many good things for a stretch of holes. And then 
you just lose your concentration or a bad break happens and then three, four holes, it can be difficult, then you can get it right back. And it's just like, it's the nature of, of the game, but it's, it's um, allowing yourself to just kind of roll with it in spite of it and like stay super healed. And, but it's difficult because it's, it's so easy when things are difficult on a course to start. You have a lot of idle time between shots to start thinking about what it all means, the implications of it. And the best players in the world don't do that. They just focus on the shot, shots over. But they, I'm not, but they don't do that all the time. It's when they're playing their best, that's when that happens. And that's why you don't see a Tour player top 10 single week. Because it's just, it's impossible. Golf is not like football where you can see a team lose two games, you know, go 15 and two. Or the Dolphins going undefeated in the 70s. Right. Like you just, that doesn't exist in golf. You, you know, you just, it doesn't, it, does, it isn't going to happen. No one is going to birdie all 18 holes. We've been close. We've seen 58, but like no one's going to play a perfect round of golf. So it's just, uh, it's just rolling with that, knowing the pace and minimizing, stopping the bleeding, if you will. But then, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, I think it's a lot to do with, how you got it and for my I mean much of my career I, I struggled with that I really struggled with those in between times of poor play because you make a couple bogeys you, you don't make a birdie you start to think about what this missed cut or not making money could do when in all actuality you don't know like you don't know the outcome like I I remember a Q school very very well I played really well the first round eh, the second round okay the third round so i was like on maybe like one inside the number and i had a really tough front nine in the final round and on the 12th hole you walk from 11 to 12 across the road never forget it and this was 2009 on that walk i already had status but i was like trying to improve my status i was planning what i would do instead of playing the canadian okay well i'm not going to get in many tournaments so I'm going to play this tour. I'm going to have to go down to North Carolina and do this and do that. So my mind completely not where it should be. So I think for, I don't remember the exact score. I think for argument's sake, we'll say I was, I think I was three over par for the tournament. And I thought I was falling because I think I started a day, even one inside the number. Now it's three over. And I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm not, I shot, I finished six over for the tournament and three over par got a card so where when i was thinking i was actually out of it and planning everything else i was still in it because of just a poor mental approach to the game i was where i was i shouldn't have been and i i brought on my own demise there basically so yeah it's 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 a tough ass sport man (laughs) And that, and that's why I, I think it's so interesting how, how it correlates with life so much because you can, some, something can happen and you can just go down that trail of making up stories in your mind or, or just mm-hmm. trying to over plan. And I, I feel like sometimes yeah. that over planning um, can make us you know look at things maybe a little bit more erratically than, than they might actually seem at the surface level. And so um, yeah. I, I, I think especially um, it's, it's interesting, you know, look, looking at your story, you know, 
I can't even imagine how difficult it must have been, especially during a rookie campaign, being being so young and, and feeling like the pressure and stresses of, you know, having to live up to the expectations as all the other people that you're competing up against. I mean, hindsight, it was, but it also wasn't. It's just you know, ignorance, naivety. I just, I didn't know. And I was thinking about all the wrong things. And at the time, it wasn't, a culture. I didn't have a mentally have someone I could openly talk about the other stuff that was going on in my life. And yeah, you know, we just, we just slipped down a hole for three and a half years, pretty, pretty steeply because of bad golf. I mean, hindsight it wouldn't change it for a thing. It's got me where I am now, but yeah, it was, uh, I look back on that first year on the Canadian tour and it was a, I remember a lot of it, but a lot of it's like a blur how I just rounds slip away by just, you know, going off in my head. And, and I started practicing mindfulness meditation in like 2013 mm. and it, it's, it's been a big key in my health and it's just, I just love to do it. And <clears throat> one of the principles you begin to learn is thoughts are simply thoughts. Like thoughts aren't real. Like if you think about it, it's fiction it's complete fiction because if we're thinking about the future that's not real if we're thinking about the past it's it's something that doesn't exist anymore so thoughts are simply like we're fiction it's fiction it's make-believe it's not reality and i would run with that and, and as opposed to just identifying thoughts as thoughts let them come let them go and it's just where you would go and you're you're so far from reality and reality in my situation is hit the, hit the green, try to make a putt. Next hole, hit the fairway, hit the green, try to make a putt. It was my reality. But I'm, you know, I'm thinking about three months from now, five months ago, a year from now, uh, or from now. Like it's just, I was nowhere but present. And it's when Adam Scott won the Masters in 2013. In, his, in one of the post interviews, he said, I'll, I always remember this because I, I do it a lot to myself because he caught himself, I think, on Saturday starting to think about winning the tournament. And he said, nope, stay right here. Stay right here. And then on Sunday, he really started to do it even when he you know, was coming down the stretch and he did win in a playoff, but he always had to kind of remind himself, stay right here, stay right here because physically you're right there but mentally you're you can go all over the place it's like reminding yourself to stay right here and it's a print it's a practice that you know i i do a lot i have to do a lot and in, in everywhere in my life yeah because even you think you grab grab this and and start you know if i'm sitting with my son and i'm looking at instagram or i'm answering an email i'm not right here i'm not here mm-hmm. and that's poisonous like it, it's really scary. So it's just something that like, I try to try is the operative word, be good at and, and, and being present because it's just a lot easier to be healthier from that place. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I have a bracelet that, that I wear a lot and it says live in the moment. And, and something that I try to remind myself is be where your feet are. And there, there's a lot of times where, like you said, you, you can get into that phone and 
you you can you can try and escape and you know you, you aren't actually living in the moment but in you're starting to overthink about you know what do i have to do tomorrow what do i have to do next week and then um especially when uh, you you start to allow your mind to think about the past and how you could change the past and um i i think i think that's um so poisonous just just in mental health you know thinking about how you you can change the past and you know what you could have done differently but everything happens for a reason at the end of the day. And, you know, you, things happen in your life so you can learn for the future. These brains of ours are, <laughs> are the best and the worst thing we have. Exactly. And I, I think especially, you know, the, with, with today being a let's talk um, national day and, you know, it, especially in Canada, but I, I, th I think it's, I think it's so fascinating how, you know, the idea of mental health or excuse me, suicide, um, prevention has, has become such a subject that I, I think it's so important because um, with, with these minds that we have, it's so easy for us to forget about what we're grateful for. It's, it's so easy for us to, you know, think about what if I wasn't here and, you know, make up our minds that, you know, people wouldn't really care. But something that you mentioned in, in one, of, one of your videos is, you know, the, the people around you love you more than you can even imagine. And sometimes we forget yeah. about that. Um, and for yourself, you know, I, I kind of connected with you because you, you you had these thoughts at 13 and 14. And I I had I started having mental health issues at you know 15 and 16. And when, when I watched your video um, of you talking about that, I, I got like a flashback of a, of a video that I made in high school of me talking about my depression open openly. Oh, wow. Um and and, it, and it's crazy because still to this day, I it's tough for me to watch that video because I see myself. And I hear my voice and, and I see how I was and I, I just get choked up immediately. Um, but, it's, yeah. but especially looking back on your path, um, sort of what have you learned uh, through your struggles um, with those suicidal thoughts? I think the biggest lesson I've learned is that I matter, period, end of story. Yes, I've learned I've got strength and I'm doing all of these things, but I don't, I don't draw a lot of strength from that or like whenever over the years of speaking and people tell me I'm super courageous and this and that, I, I don't think I am. I just think I'm talking about my life, but it's just, you, you real, I realized that I'm better. I matter and I'm loved. And that's the biggest lesson I've learned because for so many years, it was just easy to think the opposite of that. It was easy to think that I didn't matter. And I think a lot of people this day and age, it's very, very easy to think that because we have so many external stimulants that vindicate us. And if it's not received well, mm. it, people didn't care if there wasn't enough likes or if there wasn't the comment, whatever it is, we delete it and we, we share it again and this and that, like, because we want to feel like we matter to right now, strangers. And that's tough. Like people care more about what strangers think about them than, than the people closest to them. And that's a difficult, I have to raise a son in that world. <laughs> I'm fucking scared. But uh, yeah, that's just the biggest lesson. And that's like the lesson I, I will pass to my nephews and nieces. And then, and my son, I just will always want him to know that he is loved and he's, and he matters. And I would never want him to have to insinuate it from action. I want him to hear it because I, I, I'm, I love my dad to death. He loves me very much, but he's from an older generation. He just turned eight years old. He didn't share affection. 
So I knew how much my dad cared about me through action, but mainly through my mom telling me that I needed to hear it from my dad. Because I, like, I, I, I knew it intellectually, but I didn't like know it in my heart. And I, that was the thing. That's the thing I basically want to do to my son is I want him to hear it and know it. And that's, that's, that's the biggest thing I learned basically for sure. I, interestingly enough, uh, I had a recent conversation um, with this guy that I can connect you with who, who's, who's a, he's a um, parenting mental health coach and he, he, um, he has kids that are, I, I believe they're like five and eight um, and, and he shares to them and he tries to teach them like, it's okay to have emotion. It's okay to speak about if you're not doing okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to speak about, um, you know, if you're sad and, and to not, not, um, you know, hold in that emotion. And, you know, obviously with men's mental health, you know, it's, it's so prominent for men to, you know, not say anything. I'm fine. Everything's fine. You know, I need to be strong. I need to be masculine. I, I, I can't show any type of emotion. Um, and I, I think, I think it's so important, not only for the younger generation, but just for, men in general, that we realize that it's, it's the biggest thing that will help us be able to get out of this rut or to get out of this feeling is to talk about it, especially with the people that we are closest with. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like we all experience pain, grief, loss. We all, we all, experience, we all hurt yet for whatever reason, and this is a thing whenever I, I, this is an analogy to make when I speak, especially as men, like it's very easy for us to talk about physical scars or, or culture to tell us it's okay to talk about when you had too much to drink, you fell over, got this gut here from goofing off with your friends, from skateboarding, from, from football, from hockey, whatever. We can have a beer. We can share that. We can shoot the shit and share all these, these battle scars we have from being men, from being idiots, basically. Yet sharing that people can't see and and that's just something that for whatever reason years ago when this all started started speaking up it was like no i'm not subscribing to that i don't have a lot of physical scars i do now a little bit more after when i broke my arm but it's ironic because i had a broken arm during 2019 let's talk day and it, it fit perfectly like i could tell the story i fell off a scooter or my back everybody has a laugh but when I tell you the story about, you know, the things I've done to myself, the things I say to myself and, and the way I hurt myself and the scars that, that, that live from that, I say it topically and, and I can, can laugh about it, but it's like, people don't necessarily want to talk about that or hear that, but it is changing quite a bit. And like, that's, that's super, I think one of one of my favorite shows that just finished afterlife on netflix the third season just came and it's like brilliantly depicts mental health a mental health issue the suicidal man but there's there's so much humor and there's so it's just it's real and, and it it normalizes that conversation because i'm still super normal i just have done some terrible things to myself and treated myself terribly and probably still will in the future uh but I'm still normal. And that's is a funny thing to hear because I've done a lot of like speaking engagements where it was a golf tournament. So I was on box and I was shooting the shit and hitting drive and engage. And then I talk at dinner and I've had people come like, but you seem so normal. 
haven't wanted to kill yourself. Like, and not every person that's depressed is Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Like we, we're, we're normal people. We just struggle, have problems that we struggle with, that we don't, that we need help, that we can't do it on our own, that we need medication, therapy. We need things to help us just like a diabetic needs things to, to allow them to be healthy right? Like we need things to help us be healthy, but we are still very, very normal. And that's one of the things that I just want to continue to advocate for. I'm not crazy, even though I'm crazy. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just that. Well, that's, that's why I love about like the, the, um, the foundation, same here. Um, you know, we're all, we're all crazy in our own ways. Like we all, we all deal with those demons. We all deal with those doubts. You know, some people have severities of, you know, anxiety, depression, um, and being able to be vulnerable about that. It's, it's tough, especially at the start. And especially as men, you get some people who are like, why are you talking about that? Like you're soft or, um, you know, and, and I, I think it's, I think it's really, um, courageous of you to, to, you know, be, be able to, be so open about this as, as a male and an athlete. And, um, that that's, that's why I love that it's becoming more of a subject. And I'm, I'm curious how, how tough was it for you at the start and how, how were you able to become comfortable to be able to talk about this stuff so vulnerably? Honestly, it wasn't very difficult. It, like, because I think it's at the start, I approached it probably in a more unhealthy way. I approached it maybe a little bit for like personal gain. I was like, Oh, this is going to help my career. But I still like the heart was still wanting to share and help, but I knew there was residual effects of maybe this helping my career. And it it was a slippery slope. And I'm basically, I started talking way too soon. I probably should have waited a bit till I would healed a little bit more, but it was easy. It just, it it was just because I I had, I've heard other people talk about it and and I connected because it was like, Hey, yeah, me too. And I was lucky that I wasn't an accountant. I wasn't a, a bartender. I was a professional golfer on a third tier tour in Canada and people cared in the media to, to cover this story. And then it just kind of one domino fell after the other. And I'm an athlete. I like the attention. I have an ego aware of that. All athletes, we have an ego. We like to, to do well. We like to be, we like to perform. We like to accomplish things. So when given the opportunity to speak, it was like, I, I also have a theater degree, so I'm comfortable on stage and I'm comfortable sharing. I love storytelling. So it was like, I'm given the opportunity. I want to kill it. Like I want to learn from this and do better. Let me hear the feedback. Okay. I want to do better. I want to do better. And it's just like, I went from strength to strength. It came very naturally. It still hurt. Like I still would have, I learned over time that it would have a negative effect on my health after speaking rehashing some really difficult things and you're getting a lot of people loading on you their their pain and i can't fix that i'm not a professional i'm not an expert i just have my my lived experiences and i can just encourage but you're getting emails messages people coming to you with some heavy shit and even people saying i'm alive because of you that's fucking that's a lot to take like you can't just like, oh cool, wicked, awesome, so so right. so touched. Like that's very like, it's a lot of responsibility. You know, well, it must also make you feel good. A lot. You, you know, thinking back, like 
to, 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 to when to how you were feeling and like you can put yourself in, in their yeah. situation. I guess I've, I always tried to, I've always kind of insulated myself to, to, to getting too caught up in that. Whereas kind of if when I, when I share that with her, or if I got a message or something, cause even when I get messages to this day, like it takes me a while to respond to them. Cause it's like, Oh, it, it feels like a lot of responsibility, but, um, nonetheless it's just like it just it, it encourages you even as like it, i mean man my i was hospitalized just over 10 years ago and i don't talk about 10 years ago i talk about now whenever i speak my my, my talk see evolve it's easy sometimes to think it's not relevant anymore like my, my over it whatever it is but like it just encourages me to keep going and and, and, and jump at any opportunity i love it i love it I know it does good. I'm not do to do good, if that makes sense. Like it's not like, oh, I need I need the vindication. I need the pat on my back. I just I just really made a promise to myself that was like, as long as there's air in your lungs, you're gonna tell this story. So there you go. I'm high, like I said, I'm a high I'm a I hold myself to a high standard. So it's like I want to do a good job. I don't ever want to like phone it in you know waste anyone's time it's just that's that's the fun thing about being an athlete like you you, you approach things with a, a serious level and a serious amount of commitment so that's yeah i guess it's it's weird it's just it came really easy and it just i just kept gaining encouragement by doing it because it counter it counteracted not performing well on the golf course right i was getting vacation for performing well by sharing what I've been through, but it, I, I, I responded to that healthily by wanting to get better at it and continue to get better personally rather than going down the slippery slope of like, oh, this is people telling me I'm good enough. Thankfully I had healed and I knew I was good enough. I knew I mattered. So I could share from that place, not from a place. Cause I, I've done a lot of speaking events where there's people that spoke that shouldn't have been speaking that weren't healthy enough, weren't healed enough. It was too raw and they still had some healing to do. And the, the desire to connect and, and, and be received and be told, you know, you're courageous, good for you. I'm glad you're still here. Was that um, it, motivator and that's tough. It, it's, it's a slip. It's a very thin line. Yeah. I, I, f I find that really interesting and you know I, some something that i thought was really cool what watching back on some of your videos is you being a theater major like helped you be able to you know mask the feeling a little bit i i, I feel like some people you know are, are able to um you know seem like they're okay on the outside but on the inside it's, it's tough to fully realize like what they're going through um and i i don't i don't want to i don't want to make you like you said you don't like looking back to too much but i'm always curious to hear what people's um thoughts are on this but sort of what advice would you give to your younger self if there if there was any advice if i were to give myself advice it would just be to talk about it like don't feel too proud to talk about it because in 2008 my doctor mentioned it to me and i was like nah nah so if i were to give any advice to andrew it'd be like it's not a sign of weakness it doesn't make you less than you're not inferior because you hurt, because you struggle. It's not just demons on the golf course. 
It won't go away by playing better golf. This is something that needs to be taken care of, monitored. It's your health. It's that simple. Health is all literally all we have in physical and mental. It's part and parcel. They're the same. And that's kind of what I would I would tell a younger Andrew. But yeah. Yeah, that'd probably be it. And try to save any platitudes. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's so important too. Just just to be able to talk about it and feel, you know, comfortable talking about it and that people aren't going to judge you. I, I feel like that's always like the anxiousness of that we're gonna get judged and, and kind of like you said before, you know, that we're that we're crazy, that um, you know, we're not normal. And um I, I think that I think that's so important. And uh for anybody that wants to, you know, follow your journey and um, you know, support you, where can they find you, Andrew? So you can find me on YouTube, just my name, Andrew Jensen, or on Instagram, Andrew S. Jensen. Perfect, man. Really appreciate you taking the time and sharing not only your insight, but your story. Cool, man. I'm glad. Yeah, thanks. I hope that you did enjoy my conversation with Andrew Jensen and was able to learn a little bit about not only how he was able to overcome his mental health struggles in his personal and professional life, but you're able to take those lessons that he learned through those dark times and apply to your own life. And you're able to feel inspired after listening to this episode. That's one of my biggest goals with each and every single episode that you feel inspired, motivated to go out there and live life to the fullest and not allow your mental health struggles to really deter you as well as weigh you down each and every single day. I want you to be able to feel like you want to run through a brick wall and uh, really go and dominate life after each time you listen to this podcast. But if you have not yet, make sure to subscribe over on YouTube or whatever audio platform that you're listening to right now, because I post episodes bi-weekly and I have a lot more great episodes in the vault ready to post. So if you want to get notified for when I post episodes bi-weekly, Make sure to subscribe and also follow Iggy Sports Talk over on Instagram if you want to get updates regarding the podcast and also see different clips from the most recent episodes and past episodes as well. As always, I greatly appreciate everybody tuning in. I will see you and talk to you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.